Welcome to the Health Fix Podcast, where health junkies get their weekly fix of tips, tools, and techniques to have limitless energy, sharp minds, and fit physiques for life. Hey, health junkies, Dr. Janine Krause here. I am looking for some help from you all. And what I'm looking for is some inspiration, some inspirational stories that I can share of men and women defying aging and defying it by crossing things off their bucket list that maybe they thought they could never do. Maybe coming back from an injury, starting something new, like skiing at 40 years old. Whatever it may be, I want to know about these stories and I want to interview folks. Maybe it's you, maybe it's someone you know doesn't matter. I want to help inspire folks out there that you don't have to follow social aging norms. You can defy stuff. You can get better as you get older. You can make so much progress at any age. You can build muscle at any age. You can have a stronger heart at any age and you can crush all those things you want to do on your bucket list. Just because you're older doesn't mean you have to give up on yourself in your dreams. And this is something that I want to share and inspire folks with. And so if you have a story or someone you know, email us at info at doctor spelled out. So D-O-C-T-O-R-J-K-R-A-U-S-E-N-D.com. Let's spread the word about how amazing life can be as you get older and all the cool things that you can do. All right. Health Junkies, I'm counting on you. Let's get some emails in and let's get some awesome stories on the podcast. Hey, Health Junkies, on this episode of the Health Fix Podcast, I'm interviewing Dr. Jeffrey Gross. He is a neurological surgeon who specializes in athletic injuries and spine procedures. Plus, he's offering longevity and biohacking consultations as well as some really awesome treatments that we're going to be talking about today. Since 2020, Top Doctor has recognized him as a leading neurological surgeon. He's received HealthTAP's 2022 Top Doctor Award as the top neurological surgeon in the U.S., and he's offering all of his services in his clinic known as ReCelebrate, where he's focusing on anti-aging and regenerative medicine and things such as exosomes, things such as stem cell therapies, and all kinds of other cool stuff, and basically considering surgery as a last resort. So he's got a lot of fun things to talk about and he and I geek out for sure in this podcast. So if you're looking for alternatives to surgery, you're wondering how stem cells work, you're wondering about exosomes, you're wondering about peptides, this is the podcast for you. So let's introduce you to Dr. Gross and how he is helping folks with their chronic conditions and extending health and vitality. Hey, health junkies. I have Dr. Jeffrey Gross on today, and I'm super excited because I love talking about stem cells and in my practice more than anything. And, and of course, on the podcast, we've had a couple conversations, but today we're going to dive a little deeper. So Dr. Gross, welcome to the Health Fix podcast. Thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, gosh, I, I took some time, of course, before podcasts, like I always do to, to stalk everyone. And I was looking at your, your website, ReCelebrate, by the way, love the name because it's, it's just the celebrate life in, in the back of my mind and, and how we can use ourselves um, to, to revive ourselves. And I think, you know, one of the biggest things I always love to ask folks when I get started talking with them is, how did you choose stem cells as being the future of your medicine? What what happened? Did they come to you? Did you go to them? How did it work out? Yeah, I, a little bit of both. Um, the short version is, you know, I'm a recovering neurosurgeon. I was uh, spine fellowship trained and I was doing neck and back pain care, disc problems, nerve issues, all the way from therapy to injections to surgery in a, in a multidisciplinary setting. And I noticed that there was a gap and that I've noticed it for many years, but I finally did something about it. And that gap is a lot of people do therapy. They, they give it time. They take medications. They might even do some, I'll call them cortisone injections, just vaguely speaking. Um, and then if those things aren't adequate and they still suffer, the next step is to talk about surgery if there's, if they're a candidate for surgery, but 
you know, like most people, nobody wants a surgery, let alone a big one, or let alone one that involves metallic implants and, and things like that. So I was looking to fill that gap between what we call, you know, the basic early steps and the more, you know, significant serious steps. And patients brought it to me. They would say, what about stem cells? You know, I've heard about stem cells. They should fix everything, right, doc? You know, uh, not exactly the case, no. But at some point I got frustrated enough with not having enough tools for patients after being in practice at that time, about 20 years, being trained by people in the 90s who were trained in the 70s. Mm -hmm. You know, things just weren't moving fast enough. So I went back, I retooled. I'm a nerd. Uh, it sounds like I, maybe I'm in good company You're, here. You are in I good company. Educated myself and I jumped in with both feet, like some of my colleagues who you've interviewed. And and now we have some additional things in the in the toolkit to offer people before and hopefully to avoid big open surgeries. Makes sense. Makes sense. You know, I I look at it in stem cells as being all the possibilities. And I think when, when I, when I read Recelerate, I'm going to bring this up a couple of times. Cause I just love the, the I just love the, the <laughs> website and, and your, your business. And, and when I thought I was like, you know, there are so many things that we can celebrate with this and, and so many things we can get back in terms of function and having a history of working with a lot of the Seahawks when I was working in, in Seattle there for quite some time, a lot of them would get stem cell treatments and in the off season, of course, um, mm. And I would see a lot of chronic injuries start to go away and really rejuvenate. And I think I came to the same place as you with acupuncture that I was doing and herbal and diet and things of that nature. We can only get so far. And then we have to test the body a little. Yeah, uh, that's the challenge and and also the opportunity, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, I agree with you. I mean, listen, we're tapping back into what our body has already been programmed to do. Mm -hmm. uh, and it loses its steam in being able to do it over the years. And uh, we're just tapping back into that blueprint uh, that our DNA has codes for genes that help our cells, repairs mm -hmm. DNA, uh, tells, tells a cell when to make new proteins. What kind of proteins? Are those proteins in defense of the body, meaning mm -hmm. inflammatory? Mm -hmm. and, or are they restorative, reparative, you know, excellent maintenance functional mode? which is more anti-inflammatory. You know, problem is in, in our world, we're exposed to so many pro-inflammatory things in our food, our water, our air, electromagnetic waves, uh, what have you, uh, you know, not exercising as well. And the in our body has this chronic smoldering inflammation. Mm -hmm. So the, the entire biology of stem cells uh, and the possibilities of stem cells um, come from its ability to switch cells back into that uh, better mode, that anti-inflammatory, reparative, restorative, more youthful mode that heals and restores and repairs and regenerates. So that's the basis of regenerative medicine and the basis of anti-aging medicine. Yeah. You know, two things you said that, and, and one in particular that I think a lot of people are going, okay, stem cells. Okay. They can, I have them already inside me. We'll talk about that, where they're coming from. But also the other big thing is that our body can do this naturally. It has the potential to recreate more stem cells, but we can give it a little boost. And a lot of folks will come to me and say, doc, how, how am I going to harvest good stem cells from myself? If I'm sick already, how does this work or how, what do I do? And, and this is the loaded second part of this question that we'll get to in a second is how do I get my own cell, cell, stem cells healthy enough to be useful for me? So let's start with first stem cells and, and, and can we use ones in our own body that while we're sick or what do we need to do to get there? Well, you can, uh, but I don't know that it's the best thing to do. Mm -hmm. um, if you took your car to get the oil changed, you're not going to put the old oil back in it. Um, that might be a little oversimplified, but mm -hmm. it, it, it tells the story here. If your body is, is exposed to these inflammatory, pro-inflammatory uh, environmental and, and lifestyle problems, and your cells are inflamed, your stem cells are also exposed to that too. 
And even though they have more potential than your regular differentiated cells, meaning cells that already have declared themselves what organ they're going to be part of, uh, uh, they, they certainly don't have the function that an unadulterated stem cell, uh, a, a youthful cell that's not been exposed to all this, you know, um, biochemical trauma uh, would have. So although you can harvest your own stem cells and put them back in just in a concentrated way, and they will have some, they certainly are not going to have the impact of, of a healthier regenerative stem cell or stem cell type biologic. Okay. Okay. So this is where I think a lot of folks now, and, and I've mentioned this on previous podcasts, you know, okay, where do we get the good, healthy stem cells from? And how do we transition from getting those in the body and then getting ours to follow suit and, and us to make some of our own healthy stem cells? Is it possible? You know, I think a lot of people wonder, is it even possible, Dr. Gross, to be able to get our own stem cells to reboot themselves over time? Oh, sure. Uh, there are many things you can do to, you know, I, we call it, I hear it, we celebrate, we call it activate your stem cells. Uh, for example, yoga is uh, known to uh, boost stem cell activity in your own body. Yoga has a calming uh, mindfulness effect and, and the stretching, pulling on the tendons at the bone junction uh, stimulates some of the bone cells uh, to help the bone marrow. And the marrow is the richest source of stem cells. Um, you know, meditation, breathing, restorative sleep, um, you know, a proper diet, not just what you eat, but when you eat it and how you eat it, um, protein, uh, exercise, other hormesis, can I use that word here? Hormesis, Absolutely. other, other hormetic activities to give a little bit of stress to the body that builds resilience. All these things are, um, you know, uh, help your own stem cell activity but it help you be healthier anyway. These are the things our, our grandmother told us to do, right? Get enough sleep, eat right, you know, exercise. It's very basic. You know, it's funny, it's basic, but at the same time, you know, we, we've since like diverted from that and came to this land of like, I'm going to take a supplement or a pill for all these different things. And, and sadly, you know, the more I get into it, and I don't think it's sadly, it's, I'm actually appreciative of it. We're going back to basics and, and going back around full circle, I guess you could say. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Um, uh, no, I agree with that. And we, and we have, you know, what comes first here, the chicken or the egg, right? We have people that are very interested in what we call it vaguely regenerative medicine, but stem cell type medicine. And I don't want to deliver to them a regenerative biologic uh, unless their own body's optimized. So, so we have that problem too. But then of course, if they optimize by the right supplements, diet, sleep, mindfulness, breathing, everything, they may not need the, the the external source, the exogenous source of a regenerative biologic. Um, but the older we get, the more inflammation we accumulate over time, certainly the less effective our, our own cells are, even if we are optimized, and certainly our own stem cells. That's why I, I favor um, external sources of stem cells. Um, however, I should mention that there are growing interest in harvesting your own stem cells early in life and banking them. And there is a company that does that. Um, I, I haven't yet begun to participate with them because these days when we can get the perinatal sourced biologics so readily and easily and ethically, and uh, it, it just, it's so simple, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, why not? Why not? So of course, I'm going to ask you're getting so let's talk about your sourcing and and let's talk about that a little bit with folks so that they can understand where the stem cells are coming from. And then we'll talk about procedures a little bit and we'll talk about what kind of things stem cells are amazing for so folks can get a little idea of maybe if they're suffering with something and they're like, hmm, could this work for me? Let's let's dive into that a little bit. Sure. So um, I actually obtain uh, regenerative biologics and I keep we talk about stem cells, but we're actually using other things and maybe we'll open that up. In a yes. Moment. Yeah, please do. Uh, yeah. Um, I'll say that for just a second, but, but these are perinatal source. These are from mothers in the United States who are delivering their babies by C-section. Mm -hmm. And instead of throwing away placenta, amniotic fluid, umbilical cord, 
which is really medical trash, it's now saved with their permission and trash becomes treasure. And these are done by uh, you know ethical labs uh, all over the country. They are FDA certified and compliant, uh, ironically, because the use of these tissues has not yet been uh, approved or unapproved or, or what have you by to for us to make claims about them. So just as a disclosure here, anything we do talk about where we apply these, uh, I'm not allowed to say uh, mm -hmm. that they cure or treat any disease or condition. Of course, doctors don't guarantee anything anyway. So it's, it's um, but to be compliant, I, I wish to be, of course, the, um, these are obtained from these labs. They are screened and tested. These are consenting mothers. It's completely ethical and proper. And they're all over the country and they have uh, different levels of how they screen people, where they get their donors and what have you. And we and there, there's always a new lab with uh, a new and better way to do it all the time. So we we use different suppliers. Nice. No, I think that I mean, obviously, we yeah, we can't make any claims. No one wants to get themselves in trouble here. But definitely understanding that we have stem cells, but we have other biological agents with it. I think that's something that I haven't dove into at all and would love for you to talk a little bit about what other components we have in in the mix there sure so i really divide um uh, we'll call it regenerative biologics into three main categories the most basic category is called prp or platelet-rich plasma and most people who've had a maybe a, a tennis elbow or a twisted knee or something have have gone to a physician or, or a physician extender and had these injections where they take, you know, vials of blood, they spin it in a tabletop centrifuge, which, which separates out the red cells from the other cells in the plasma. And they, they uh, accumulate from the tubes, uh, the plasma, and the plasma is rich in a type of cell from the bone marrow called platelets. And in there are a bunch of growth factors. And those are concentrated and injected back into an area of inflamed need to concentrate your own body's healing potential in one space. So it's kind of interesting, right? Because here we are, an adult body that can heal itself. If you cut yourself, it heals, of course. Why do we need to take all that and concentrate it when our own blood supply should do that for us? Well, it it, it, where it helps. Usually you need to go for two or three times. Um, and even though that is also not FDA approved for claims to be made, some some health insurance plans do now cover it. So that's some progress. Yeah. Right? So and it it's found to be helpful if it helps people avoid cortisone injections, which cortisone can help in the short run, but in the long run can actually break down some of the tissues of various joints. Um, it, it, it seems to have some benefits. There are newer studies being published all the time supporting the use of PRP. Plus those in the cosmetic world, and I know you're you're also a, a skin nerd. I think I heard you say once. Yes. Um, the um, you know you've heard of the vampire facial PRP in micro needled into the face is a vampire facial. Mm -hmm. Um. So so that's one use. So that's the very, very basic source, and and you are your own source of the PRP. We don't we can't obtain PRP um, from other sources, although it might be a business idea, but. Um, <laughs> Having said that, the next level up is stem cells, right? And stem cells are have not yet decided what type of tissue they are going to be. They're encouraged by needing areas in the in the body. Body calls for the stem cells, and your body has many places where you make stem cells. The richest source source would be the bone marrow. Mm -hmm. uh, another source might be fat, although I'm not a huge fan of fat based uh, stem cells because fat is associated, obese tissue is inflamed tissue. And I don't want stem cells that have been sitting in a soup of pro-inflammatory molecules. I want stem cells, you know, from the, from the purest source, you know, the spring water bottled at the source, you know, the, the bone marrow, that's my favorite source. Now it's painful to get bone marrow uh, based stem cells that requires a, a bit of a significant needle that goes into your bone and and but that's a common practice. They've been doing this in Europe for over 20 years and in Asia, we're just a little late to the party. But there are many clinics throughout this nation where you can get that today. You can get your own stem cells delivered back to an area of need, like a joint uh, 
like a ligament tear or a tendon tear or something like that. And that's very common. A lot of athletes do that. Still on that second set of regenerative biologics, working up the, the ladder, at least in my mind, would be stem cells from another source. And the, the most unadulterated, purest source would be from fresh out of the womb, right? So this is the umbilical source uh, of stem cells because those stem cells and whatever growth factors come with that, you know, amniotic fluid and what have you, those stem cells have not been exposed to years of, of you know, what's wrong with our environment or our behavior and lifestyle, you know, whether it be exposed to tobacco or too much alcohol or what have you, or, you know, and, and so this is the best, you know, the, the best healthiest stem cells that you can find would be from this perinatal source around the time of birth. And, and there's something very magical about amniotic fluid. You know, it, it occurred to me in my residency a million years ago, almost that um, there was a procedure that was becoming popular in the nineties where uh, surgeons would uh, identify spina bifida in fetuses by ultrasound. Spina bifida is an open part of the spine during the development. Uh, can be associated with not taking enough peri uh, perinatal vitamins and things like that. Um, and they could actually go into the womb, into the fetus, and, and close, basically just put together that, that open area in the spine, close the womb, close the skin, and then, you know, let the, uh, let the, let the baby keep cooking until it's <laughs> it's ready to be done. And when the baby comes out, they found little, if no, scarring where they closed that defect in the baby's back. Wow. Right. Wow. Wow is what occurred to me back then. too. I said, there's something very magical about the amniotic fluid. And the amniotic fluid is rich in growth factors and something called exosomes. And I'm going to say that one more time, just in case no one in your audience has heard it. Exosomes, these are nanoparticles. So where a cell, a stem cell or other cells in your body, most of them are measured in microns. A micron is one one thousandth of a meter. Um, a, a nanoparticle is, is one one thousandth of that. So it's a one one thousandth the size of a, of a cell. So they're very, very, very small. And an exosome is, is something a cell makes, and it sends out a little bubble, a little bit of membrane, and a little bit of growth factor and microRNAs. And it is a communication from one cell to another cell. It's like a neighborhood watch program. You get on, you get on your uh, phone and you talk to your neighbors. Hey, did you see the burglar? You know, <laughs> uh, I've lost my dog. It sends a signal to the neighboring cells and thousands of these signals. So if a stem cell is delivering a signal, particularly a perinatal stem cell, it's going to be a youthful growth, restorative, regenerative signal, anti-inflammatory signal. And it sends those growth factors into neighboring cells. Those growth factors get into the nucleus and affect what genes are opened up for use. It doesn't change the genes because our genes are our genes, but some of them are turned on, turned off. They have little promoters, they have uh, transcription factors, which say, hey, let's get those anti-inflammatory genes going, as opposed to the cranky old, nah, I'll just, I'll just kind of sit here and smolder genes. So, so this entire signaling is what we're tapping into. And that third level of regenerative biologics are called exosomes. So, so we uh, have been using here at Recelebrate uh, more than stem cells is the stem cell derived exosomes from perinatal source. And I like these a little better, if you'll let me just keep running with it. <laughs> um, I like these better, they're, they're smaller, so they can travel further in the body. Um, they, uh, for example, they can cross the blood brain barrier and get into the brain and spinal cord, whereas stem cells struggle to do that. Um, they, they're found to last longer, I can give a more concentrated dose than I can for stem cells for a lesser cost. So interesting that when stem cells are delivered to someone, they really only last 10 to 14 days, the original cells. Um, those stem cell, the effect of those stem cells can last many months or even take care of an issue, even though the effect is done, the issue is taken care of. 
So if the stem cells only last one to two weeks, why, why does the effect last so much longer? Well, it's because those stem cells that are delivered are, are giving off exosomes for probably a week or two. And those exosomes have, have created this massive signaling change to a specific area in the body or the entire body, depending on the delivery, right? Intravenous versus injection or what have you. So, so I'm a big fan of these, we'll call nanoparticles or exosomes or cell signaling of stem cells. And that's why uh, I also use the phrase stem cell activation because exosomes can activate your own stem cells and your own cells better than uh, we could do through any other method, at least uh, in my mind. You, you totally just schooled me on a lot of stuff here because I didn't know about like I knew, you know, there wasn't a, a huge half life, let's call it that or, or length of time that the stem cells live. But I didn't know as much about the exosomes and how they can kind of broadcast throughout the system. And, and more or less, it sounds like extend, if you will, the the benefits of a treatment, kind of like a booster to it or something of, of that nature. Right. I think, I think in the big picture, the stem cells are the delivery method. They're the middleman yeah. and yeah. the exosomes are doing the regenerative work at, at the end of the day. And I, I, I think if you, if you look at the constituents of amniotic fluid, of platelet rich plasma, of stem cell, you know, vial of stem cells, there are exosomes in all of those. Yeah. So that's why I like the concentrated exosomes. Um, we can get a very high particle count uh, in a very small dose. It's easy to deliver. And, and the beauty is it's it's just over half the price of a similar dose of stem cells. Wow. Huh. Okay. Okay. So I've got my, my brain's going now. And of course, I know that a lot of people are probably thinking like, okay, Dr. Gross. So tell us, you know, how much is actually going in? What's the, I mean, Venus delivery method. Get, I think folks kind of, let's give folks like a vision of they come into your office and they're like, hey, Dr. Gross, I just want to live till I'm 225. Tell me, <laughs> tell me what, you know, what, what can, what's it going to be like if I just come in? Cause I want to have this procedure done. You've screened me for, you know, eating healthy, doing all the things you want, you know, my body to, to, let's put it this way. My body's not inflamed. I've done the things I need to do to, to manage it. And I just, I want to to try this out. What's it look like for for a treatment? How do how do you guys take folks in and send them back? And what happens? So this is what we call this the the anti aging or biohacking part of my practice, mm -hmm. and it's it's a fun crowd because they're totally into this, right? Mm -hmm. and, and I'm one of them. I love this stuff for myself as well. And and um, we have people that come in from all over. But the way it works is usually we we have reach out to us. We we do a Zoom like this. Of course, we don't broadcast it to everybody. It's a private Zoom. And, you know, we have them fill out some basic forms and we go through, we make sure they're optimized. How's your diet? Because we don't want to spend this time and effort and money uh, in regenerative, anti-aging regenerative uh, journey unless they're already doing what they can do on their own. Because I, if we're going to deliver these to someone, I want them to be in the best environment. So that could be hormone optimization. It could be... Um, you know, reducing stresses, it could be uh, su right supplementation, some dietary changes, protein intake, things like it could be a lot of things. So we do a lot of remote workup. And if if they're interested, and we start to give the full informed consent, we talk about the range of, of things we can do. And usually it's, it's, uh, we do an IV approach. So IV exosomes, and um, uh, we usually combine it with a high dose vitamin C um, and because exosomes are going to help you stimulate collagen production and, and, you know, um, good metabolism, vitamin C is, is useful for collagen ma making. So we, um, we have them come out to the clinic here in, and I'm, I'm located currently in Las Vegas. That's mm -hmm. where we're doing this in Henderson, Nevada, technically, but in suburb of Las Vegas. And, uh, people don't mind coming here for a weekend and taking a, a show, having a nice dinner, you know, maybe uh, throwing some dice. And, um, you know, this is something we can do quite easily. Now, that's that's very simple, right? IV. Most people who have had the IV, including myself, feel something for a few months, and then the effect uh, kind of wanes from then, which sort of goes along with what we understand about exosomes, uh, mm -hmm. you know. So, so the whole body's getting this. We see people feeling a range of increased energy, better restorative sleep, improved libido, uh, 
improved recovery after workouts, uh, mental clarity. Uh, I've had some elder people where their aches and pains are improved. Had one guy with gray hair turn dark again. <laughs> so all kinds of very interesting things. Um, and and we, we um, personally, I do it for myself every three to four months because that seems to be the cycle. I, after each sequential IV, I don't feel the wow factor as much because I think I'm already in a decent maintenance mode. Gotcha. Um, we had one guy that didn't feel much at all, but he sent me, um, he sent me a snapshot of his HRV. And, and I don't know if you've gone over that with your audience, but heart rate variability mm -hmm. is something you can track with a whoop device or an aura ring, or there's actually an app for my Apple watch where you can do it as well. Um, and he, he said, listen, I, I normally run in the sixties. He jumped up to the nineties, which is a big move on HRV. Wow. So, so we know it's doing something that's positive on a biological level. And, and what we're doing now also is we're doing biological age tests, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, look at cellular markers of inflammation and other things and some lab markers. And we're doing those. And then we're, we have a group of people where we're doing some, some of these IVs. And then at the end of a year or 18 months, we repeat the biological age test and we're looking to see what that changes. You know, can we reverse someone's biological age as measured uh, through IV exosomes in addition to optimization. So we're looking at this, we're studying it. You're going to hear more about that. That's just the anti-aging group, you know, here for that. We also use IVs for other reasons. People with autoimmune issues like, uh, like to have reduced inflammation. Uh, their bodies benefit from that. Lyme's disease might be another thing we, we would try to help people heal. Um, recovery from stroke, heart attack, um, uh, I know uh, there are some who apply this for autism, although it's hard to deliver. Turns out that um, inhalational uh, breathing treatment or nasal spray exosomes have potentially a better delivery to the brain. So autism, stroke, other uh, diseases of the brain with an inflammatory component like, like Alzheimer's um, should respond uh, to this type of, you know, helping against the inflammation of that disease. All so, right. You just opened a can of worms in my brain. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but I, but I interrupted you. No, or, no, uh, okay. go ahead. Cause I, I was running on and I, I would rather be this, be a dialogue. <laughs> oh, you're fine. You're fine. I, I mean, my brain just went on fire with the, okay. Exosomes in the nose. I did not know about this. This is also learn. I'm a great learning experience for me because I'm thinking about to some folks that um, with mold, and things of that nature and just some of just general degenerative changes that I've seen with kind of, I call it mold brain, but I think there's a combination of inflammation slash aging slash mold there. Have you, have you done anything in that department with, the, with it? Uh, not yet for mold. Um, I, you know, I, I do a deep dive before we do anything new. I want to make sure there's some literature to back this up and, and, you know, most things have, I'm not the first to do this or try them. Uh, and, and, you know, I would see what's been done out there. We don't want to give exosomes to someone and turns out mold love exosomes and it, it right. flourishes. Right. So I want to make sure that's right. safe and, and that there is some good scientific background. And, and most of those studies are, are not from the U.S., right? We're suppressed sure. here on that. Sure. So, but we do draw from other countries' uh, literature. In fact, if we get into joints, um, you know, we draw from literature from France that's got over 15 year follow-up published two years ago. So this is not new. I'm not the first to do this. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is, this is good. I love for folks to hear about that in terms of one suppression of, of data here, but also that other folks have been doing this for years. So here's the other crazy thing that I thought of when you said exosomes of the nose, because of course I'm like yeah. always looking for there. I've talked about it briefly on the podcast at some point, cerebrolysin, which is it, for folks who are listening, it's a nootropic that's, that's typically injected, but I'm like, okay, would exosomes sprayed up the nose for someone who's healthy? We've ran all the things. We know that there's nothing going on. Has, has anyone done research on helping just overall like limitless brain factor of concentration, focus, AD, like focusing with, with working on ADD, ADHD, maybe. So I, I haven't looked that up specifically. I'm a big fan of nootropics and peptides. And mm -hmm. what we're really crossing here, if we were to look at the Venn diagram of all this information is, yeah. is if there are certain peptides, nootropic peptides 
that uh, can help enhance this. You're talking about designer exosomes, which I've yes. spoken about many times. Basically, you're taking exosomes, you're you're adding into them nootropic peptides, and and delivering them through nasal or even IV for that matter, and you're getting a, a an enhanced effect. There was a paper, I think earlier this year or late last year on designer exosomes, uh, chock full of specific messenger RNAs for skin rejuvenation. So um, this Ooh. is not far-fetched. It's just, we don't have those yet. We're not allowed to manipulate biologics in this country. So you're, it's, we're not going to be the first to have those. So, um, but um, listen, you know, why not? Why not have uh, something like that uh, designed specifically in, in a precision way for a per person's individual needs? Mm -hmm. It makes sense. So has it been researched? I'm not certain, um, but uh, it's a wonderful idea. I love it. <laughs> I, I want to go down that rabbit hole someday. We'll we'll make sure we we keep in touch so that we can chat about those things. Now you were starting to talk about joint regeneration, and I think this is where folks really think about stem cells in the first place. I kind of went down the biohacking department, but of course, you know, thinking stem cells, thinking bi regenerative biologics for for the joints and, and tendon ligaments. You were going to share a story. I would love to hear some some stories of folks and different things. Yeah, so. I, you know, I, this takes me full circle to why I got into that. I got into this to do that for the spine. Um, mm -hmm. And really joints and spine, I'll lump them for now, mm -hmm. are the low hanging fruit uh, in this field because uh, they they do, uh, we have wonderful responses and, and great scientific literature with long-term follow-up uh, for uh, reducing inflammation and improving joint health, improving even cartilage regeneration and restoration and what we call surgery salvage, avoiding surgery, basically. Mm -hmm. um, the here, Here's the secret sauce. And this I attribute to the French study from Dr. Philippe Hernagau. And I'm sorry that three years of high school French probably still caused me to mispronounce his name. Um, but but he he took regenerative biologics um, and, and he actually was harvesting, this is harvesting people's own concentrated uh, stem cells called BMAC, bone marrow concentrate. And and because there were not exosomes available and it was easy just to harvest these. And uh, about 17 years ago, he, he made a study, uh, an orthopedic study where he found, I think it was about a hundred people who were told they were either bone on bone or had osteoarthritis. And there's, they were, some of them probably told both of a knee, it was a knee study. And he said, so these people were recommended knee replacement because that's what happens in this country. You get, you get, uh, you know, this degenerative painful knee and you're told you need a knee replacement, right? Yep. So he took a hundred people who were told they were recommended knee replacement. He said, wait, before you do it, would you be interested in joining my study? We're gonna try stem cells. And I, I imagine, it wasn't difficult for him to have 100 people sign up for that study. And half of them received stem cell injection in the, I'm going to call it the soft, squishy part of the knee called the meniscus, or mm -hmm. the, they call it the, the joint space or the interarticular space. Okay. And half of them received injections in the bone just above and just below the squishy part. We call mm. that the subchondral bone. Okay. Can you guess which group did better? No, I can't. Which one did better? I'm curious. I'm curious because so, in my head, I, I'm thinking two different directions and I'm like, well, nice. bone has more blood flow technically. Yeah. <laughs> Good. I, like, I like the way you're thinking. You're on the right. You're warm. Okay. You're warm. Okay. All right. Give us a scoop. So, so what, what's the story? What happened? So the, the, this was published at the five-year, 10-year, and recently, a couple of years ago, the 15-year follow-up mark. So if you know it's going out 15 years, they're measuring something that's very interesting. Um, so in the, in the five-year study, they had roughly equivalent results where somewhere in the 80% range of those patients did well and did not need surgery. They used, they used a, what's called a, a Kaplan-Meier survival plot, if you've ever heard of those, right? They, usually they're, 
you know, you start with 100% survivors, and these are needs surviving, not people. And the uh, if if people fall out, well, my knee didn't work. I got to have the knee surgery. Then they 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 didn't survive. Their knee didn't survive. So about 80 to 85 percent were uh, in both of those groups where the injections were done at five years. At 10 years, they started to separate, where the uh, the bone injection group was still up in the 80s, and the the in the joint in the soft part in the meniscus area was declining into the I think it was the 60s at the time. And at the 15 year follow-up, now they have a significant separation in the graph. Still in the 80s for the bone injected group, but in the, I think it was about 25% surviving in the knee injected, in the in the joint injected group. So they've clearly demonstrated that injecting the bone is meaningfully superior than injecting the joint. And this makes sense, right? Our joints, the 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 biologic cartilage in our joints. Or and I I extrapolate this to the spine, the discs of the spine. These are these are collections of cartilage type proteins or proteoglycans. There's very little blood flow. There's very little uh, biologic activity going on in these soft, squishy parts. The the party is happening in the bone marrow, and the yeah. bone marrow right up to the edge of the joint or the disc. Because that's where the disc, if you speak of the spinal disc, that's where the blood flow comes from. That's where the nutrients come from. That's where the oxygen comes from. So remember when we were fetuses, that joint was was made and fabricated by the stem cells in the bone marrow. Oh, yeah. So it, it was almost an oversight because a lot of people who have tried stem cells in the, in the spine, they go right to the disc. Yeah. And they have some decent results because... They probably release exosomes and get back into the bone marrow. But my own experience echoes that of the French study in that treating the bone with regenerative biologics, is we have superior results. I have before and after MRIs of knees where we have restored the thickness of the cartilage. Mm -hmm. uh, and with it, of course, improvement in the symptoms. So my goal here is to help people with hip and knee and and ankle and spine and, and elbow and other problems by helping them, helping their bodies re regenerate and restore their own cartilage. I'm not doing the restoration. I'm helping them tap back in, into the blueprint that they used when they made that joint as a fetus in the first place. So cool. So cool. I'm glad I was warm on that one because I was thinking like, the tissue is kind of dead-ish, um, you know, not dead in terms of the meniscus, but there's not a lot going on. That's what I was like, it's got to be the bone. But, yeah. and, and funny enough, like even going back to Chinese medicine with some of my acupuncture protocols, like they would have us get the needles to tap the bone at insertion points of ligaments and, and, and whatnot, because that's what they saw even back, I don't know, thousands of years ago actually helped with things. So this makes perfect sense. This is the next evolution from the simple needle stuff, which is so cool. So one of the questions I have now is a lot of people have been through some traumatic injuries, right? Maybe they rolled a car, maybe like my father, for example, he's 87. He used to race race cars, flipped multiple race cars end over end. Um, I tend to think about complex injuries in this case and folks that have had like maybe even the degeneration of the, of the spine where we've got compression fractures. Have you worked with that? You know, what's, what's kind of like the issue, not the issue, what's kind of the, the way you've seen folks heal from maybe they've had multiple fractures in an accident. You know, I kind of gave you 80 things there. I'm gonna let you go. Before. No, no, I got, I got you. I got you. So <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna, I, if you'll allow me, I'm going to back up and do the umbrella and the umbrella yeah. here is bone density. Uh, you're talking about bone health and bone density in a way. Mm -hmm. And you, you probably know, or have heard that, that um, the better your bone density, the better your longevity, right? Mm -hmm. And I mm -hmm. think one of the reasons for that is you're taking care of your stem cells, your source mm -hmm. of stem cells, mm -hmm. which are mainly bone marrow, as I, I said earlier. You have others, but the, the bone marrow is my favorite source. So if you have poor bone density, your marrow is burning out. You have fatty replacement of your marrow. It goes from red, which is chock full of the good stuff, right? Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. That's a little rabbit hole here. You you go out to some fancy restaurant, they have this delicacy they serve called bone marrow, right? And you know, it's not only a delicacy, it's it's rich 
in stem cells and exosomes, you're eating those, you're probably getting some exosome effect. Think about bone broth, same thing. So you're getting exosomes. Why did your grandmother say when you're sick to have chicken soup? Because you're because it's made from chicken bone stock. You're getting exosomes in that chicken soup. By the way, plants also make exosomes, um, but you have to eat quite a few of them. So um, out of the rabbit hole, back to the story, bone health is the most important thing we have. Our bones are the source of life because they they made us. They made our stem cells and our stem cells make the rest of us and keep us maintained at the highest, most optimal level. So if you have a fracture and you don't have good bone density or good bone marrow, you might benefit from some exosome activation. And that can be delivered to the bone. In fact, there are studies, great studies showing delivery of stem cells and exosomes, even if they didn't <laughs> know it at the time, to help poorly healing fractures. Um, and that that's not new. Um, where it comes to compression fractures, exosomes may help it restore the marrow and the structure, but not not improve the height of the bone. That requires something more mechanical, but there are minimally invasive ways. As a spine surgeon, we used to do that all the time with uh, adding all kinds of cement and, and they have little balloons now that'll pop a bone back up. You can do that in the tibia, which is the leg bone as well, tibial wow. plateau. So wow. um, that's one of, one of the ways we got this idea of injecting the subchondral bone near the joint. You know, there's, there's a procedure called um, you know, uh, uh, I should call it, but it's in the top of the tibia and it's a subchondroplasty. Basically, you can have a compression fracture like a vertebra at the top of the tibia below the knee and you can pop that back up with cement. Wow. Now I'm yeah. thinking, okay, so I'm 5'2 and as I age, I'm probably going to be 4'11 before, you know, too long. <laughs> so I'm like, could you do this preventatively? Could you literally go down the spine and and put a little bit in down down the line like theoretically let's just go theoretically because i'm sure no one's probably researched that per se so as a preventative uh, if you have no target meaning no inflamed joint or or degenerating problem i probably wouldn't mess with it okay uh, i would probably do iv okay uh, if you have if you are already my age i'm 57 if you're already 57 and you have aches and pains and we find targets uh, and some areas that maybe on the MRI don't look great, but they're not hurting yet. While I was there, I might, I might deliver to those areas. So there are strategies. We, we obviously individualize it for, for the person, but, but as a, as a preventative, I'm, I don't think we're there yet. I think that IV is probably the best way your, your whole body gets it. You know, your it helps with heart function. It helps with breathing that helps with uh, anywhere inflammation is degenerating you or aging you. Gotcha. Which leads me to another thing, which is something that I kind of dive into rabbit holes a lot on is the liver and, and looking at the vagus nerve and, and looking at those kind of things. So obviously IV total body liver, probably best with an IV. If you're trying to help the liver out a little bit. I agree with that. Um, I haven't delivered to any of the visceral organs. And mm -hmm. for those non-doctors, that means organs in, in your in your chest and, and in your tummy. Mm -hmm. um, but those organs have wonderful blood flow. The liver, liver's known to have wonderful regenerative property. If, if you think about cells in your body that regenerate often, you're, you're thinking about skin and liver mm -hmm. and the inside of your gastrointestinal tract. The, those that really have a lot of turnover of cells. So if IV is probably the best way to do that, I have uh, helped someone with uh, a failing kidney avoid dialysis with IV. Nice. So, uh, and that was a one time, it was about a year and a half ago, a little longer. And that person still has a very uh, healthy creatinine right now. So we're watching her, but uh, whatever, whatever help she got on the inflammation uh, war was enough to keep her going this long. Nice. What other cool stories do you have? Like different ones, you know, we've talked pain, we've talked the sure. kidney, what other kind of, you know, brain stuff, what, what, you, what you got? Like, give me, give me a couple of them. That... Okay. Yeah. Well, um, you know, we, um, I can tell you, you know, we do have people that respond from IV from cognitive. I have a sweet woman who had bronchitis this past January. Uh, 
elder, not, not super healthy. We're working on that. But uh, she went to the hospital with bronchitis. It wasn't COVID, but it was bronchitis. She came out on supplemental oxygen and it really slowed her down. She had to take this tank everywhere. She didn't want to leave the house. It was, it was quite a to do. We brought her in and did a breathing treatment with exosomes and within, within 10 days, she was off the oxygen. So, uh, and her pulmonologist uh, was just busy giving her steroid inhalers, which do help fight inflammation, but they also help the body degenerate. So we were able to get her off the steroid inhalers too. So um, I think that's that's one of my favorite successes. I have some athletes and entertainers that we've done, you know, uh, shoulders and joints. We, ha we have athletes who uh, we cannot mention their names because... Uh, Various, as you know, if you've done that that, that segment off season, um, <laughs> they're very interested in this. And then I have just a lot of like people like you and me and our parents, and you know they got they got a knee and they can't walk around. They're gaining weight. They're less active. And we've we've helped knees. We've helped people walk up and down stairs. We've helped uh, people dance again with hip pain. We've treated the, the sacroiliac joint. We're doing spine now uh, since most of my practice started that way. Anyway, I have a lot of spine patients. Um, and, you know, um, this this is probably the exciting stuff. Uh, we're yeah. And then cosmetics, you know, we do uh, we do some uh, micro injection to the face um, yes. and uh, for skin rejuvenation. Um, we have done even in my own self, I had some thinning hair. I have had two. If you go to our uh, our uh, Instagram, you'll see me getting injected my second round recently, and I'm just sitting there talking to someone in the room because it was it's no big deal. Put a little numbing cream, but uh, if you have follicles uh, and they are fading away due to in inflammatory damage, exosomes theoretically will help that. And I have had some return. I have some before and after pictures somewhere. I need to put them online. But yeah. um, so we can't take a bald person and 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 fix that but but we we have helped some people and it and that's fun stuff uh, oh dry eye syndrome we have a lot of oh. people who have had lasik or whatever a lot of it's usually the ladies and and they have they wake up their eyes are glued shut later in the day they have trouble with their vision and they make tears and they've tried different things to plug the duct and fill up the eye and, and it's not the tears they make plenty of tears, but they're not making the oily substance from the meibomian glands in the eyelid that seal in the tears. If you remember in, in high school biology, you get the microscope out and you you put the, the sample on the slide and you put a little mineral oil, right? Yeah. To seal in the, the moisture so you can, so the lens would work. So our lenses work if there's tear and then on top of the tear, we have that oily substance. So if you're not making the oil because you've inflamed out the meibomian glands, We've had have seen some really cool results with dry eye syndrome. We just inject the eyelid. So, it sounds cool. gory, but it's not a big deal. Yeah, so cool. I I want to see that. Like I am, you know, loving on that. And there's so many people with dry eye syndrome that it, it you know, and nothing really works permanently on that case. So that's really cool. Cool. Uh, I think the other one that I've heard is psoriasis eczema, kind of being treated with exosomes in particular is kind of how it's marketed. But uh, that's something that I also would be curious how, how, what you've seen, what you think in terms of that case. We, we have people with psoriatic arthritis mm -hmm. um, and other autoimmune issues. Uh, mm -hmm. And we do see uh, improvement in their inflammatory burden, their symptoms mm -hmm. There's, mm -hmm. uh, with IV exosomes. I haven't treated like directly on the skin for that, although we do, do treat skin. Um, you know, there's some concept that we could even address vitiligo, which is the, the you know, the, the loss of pigmentation. So um, I haven't I haven't been able to uh, get that to work quite yet. But uh, I think as designer exosomes are, are a thing down the line, we probably will. Yeah, I I'm looking forward to those. I think that's going to be amazing. Not that what you're doing right now isn't amazing as well. But the designer ones, I'm like more, more tailored stuff. Love it. Love it. So of course, folks are probably listening now and they're like, okay, Dr. Gross, I'm, I'm in, I'm hearing this. I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. What would be some contraindications? What would be some things? And, and, and I kind of want to go through your screening process for folks to kind of give them a little sense of like, what kind of testing are they, they in for here and what kind of changes might someone need to do with their lifestyle to be able to get the most out of the regenerative biologic treatments? 
Well, the, the screening depends on what we're addressing. Uh, of course, for example, if you have a knee problem, you're like, yeah, I don't want this knee replacement, but I, man, my knee is slowing me down. Um, we would we would make sure that your body's optimized. We would make sure that uh, you've tried everything else. And then we would do, if you haven't already had one, a very special MRI, the highest resolution that's generally available. I say generally, because in certain academic uh, institutions and factories, they have a seven Tesla you know, magnet, but we get a three Tesla MRI with an, what's called an inversion recovery sequence, or for short, it's called IR or STIR. And that helps me target the bone marrow uh, properly. Um, and um, you can't be on, and you can't be on any anti-inflammatories or blood thinners. And we keep people off anti-inflammatories because they do mess with the biologic impact of anti-inflammatories. So we avoid that. And then, of course, if you have any cancer that's not in significant remission, I, I don't want to use exosomes because we just don't have enough knowledge on that. So um, we don't want exosomes to somehow turn on cancer. I don't. There's no knowledge of that. That I don't want to be the guy who figures it out. So we're staying. <laughs> we're staying away from that. Uh, so so most people find themselves candidates in one way. If if they're on the anti-aging, biohacking, organ, or or you know, autoimmune, or they want to, they're looking at IVs, then we, we do want to optimize them first. I don't want to put, you know, exosomes into someone who's not going to get the most out of them, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. co costs have come down, but they're still, they still cost money, you know. Um, insurance hasn't yet agreed to pay for these things unless you have an HSA plan, which is health savings account plan, because then you get to decide what you do with that. That's really cool. Yeah, that's the fun part about that. And that's why I keep encouraging folks to get on on board with those as, as well, because, you know, a lot of folks probably are curious, uh, Dr. Gross, as to like, what's a ballpark on a, a treatment series for, for folks, since it seems that it's every three to four-ish months, they would repeat. Yeah, and everyone's different. You know, if you're young and super healthy, you may not, you may like only need one or two a year if you're doing the IVs for mm -hmm. anti-aging purposes, but you know, we, we usually do one and we say, let's see how you feel and let's mm -hmm. keep it. When we keep, we track people, we ask them about their aches and pains and their, their energy and their recovery and their sleep and everything. So, um, I, you know, an, an IV here in the office is just under 4,000. Mm -hmm. Um, the, the joints that we do, uh, is a one time, uh, could there be someone who one is not enough and they might need more, yeah, there could be. We just haven't met that person yet. Um, it depends on how bad the joint is to begin with, how healthy you are, and things like that. But uh, we do the joints at um, a, a, an injection facility with sedation. Okay. So it's twilight. You're not under general anesthesia. They don't take very long, but I don't want you feeling the needle going into your bone. So we, we do that and, and it's, it's easily done. And there's no downtime. You can be up on it the next. In fact, I want you up on it the next day. I want you stimulating the mechanoreceptors in the bone, just like the acupuncture needle touching the, the tendon, the enthesopathy of the tendon on the bone, right? We, we want that um, stimulation and um, that stimulates the marrow. That's why weight bearing exercise is pro longevity, right? You're stimulating the, the bones and the bone marrow right back to the bone marrow. So um, th those are very simple. Uh, um, depends on how many doses we use, because my biggest expense besides the surgery center and all that is is actually I have to buy the biologics, right? I buy them from these reputable labs. So um, if you did a single dose knee, like a kneecap for chondromalacia patellae, you're looking at about 6,500. Um, that includes the surgery center, the anesthesiologist, everything. Um, if we did a two dose for a meniscus, one above and one below, you're looking at about 8,500. Um, I've already paid for the surgery center. So really we're just paying for the additional dose. You know, we do that under x-ray guidance. It's very, it's very slick and targeted. Um, it's, we're not shooting from the hip at all. Makes sense. Makes sense. No, I mean, relatively speaking, if we break it down in cost compared to what a replacement would be and all of the therapies and, you know, everything along with it, you know, this is, this is a bargain actually to, in my I think opinion. So. Well, yeah, I, I, I agree, of course, but I mean, downtime, uh, recovery from surgery, risks of surgery, uh, maybe lost income if you're still of working age, that kind of thing. Um, 
Now, don't get me wrong, many insurances will be more than happy to pay for your knee replacement and your copay may be very little, yeah. but is that the best for you in the long run? You know, yeah. So we like to go over this as an option. No one has to choose this, but it's an option. I'll show you the literature. We'll talk about uh, the French study. Um, and um, we're basing most of our approach and our results on that. Awesome. Awesome. No, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. So now if folks are interested, of course, recelebrate.com. What is your Instagram? Where are other places they can find you? Give give us the scoop in terms of setting up, um, getting in touch with you and getting getting some help. Thank you. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Uh, yeah. Uh, anything with the word recelebrate, that's R-E-C-E-L-L -L for sell, E-B-R-A-T-E. -E. That's the website name. That's the Instagram. That's the TikTok. That's the YouTube channel. Recelebrate, and uh, if if you're uh, interested and you want to have a, a a conversation, and you heard me on this pod podcast, uh, then just just mention where you heard me, and you know we we'd be happy to for your listeners do a, a free conversation uh, awesome. by Zoom or what have you, and awesome. see if they're interested and see what issues they have and talk it out. Awesome, that's. Fabulous guys. I definitely would look into this. It's great stuff. I personally have done some um, treatments myself and can't say enough. Can't say enough. And yeah. seen, you know, firsthand with some of my therapy or my players that I was doing therapy on that were in the off season, always in the off season. Um, it's good. It's incredible. It's incredible. So Dr. Gross, thank you for doing what you're doing. Amazing stuff. And thank you for coming on and chatting with me today. Uh, it was an honor for me. Thank you uh, to everyone listening and to you for having me. I, I hope we talk again. We will. There's no doubt. Cause I want, we, we got to talk about this designer exosomes business because I think, <laughs> I think we've got some ideas here. Oh my goodness. Thanks again. Thank you. Hey, fellow health junkie. Thanks for listening to the health fix podcast. If you enjoyed tuning in, please help support me to get the word out about the podcast. Subscribe, rate, and review, and just get that word out. Thanks again for listening.